Welcome to the Careers, Employability and Skills podcast from Queen's University Belfast. This episode was recorded during a webinar session in GradFest 2020 and features Gil Warwick from Pinton Mason and Laura Hagen from EY and is hosted by one of our career consultant, Mary McLaughlin. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us this morning as we kick off GradFest with our webinar, Acing an Online Interview and Assessment Center. Um, we thank you all for joining us. We know that things are challenging at the moment in terms of um, the job search and the recruitment process with COVID-19 pushing a lot of things online. So we've put this webinar together this morning to hear from some employers on how their companies are doing things virtually with both online interviews and assessment centers. So we hope that you'll find this to be helpful and um, can help you gain some insight and tips for successfully interviewing in the virtual environment. So I just have a couple of housekeeping items to share as we get started. Um, one is to let you know that you'll be able to use the chat throughout the webinar to um, upload any questions that you have. So you can put them there and at the end we'll have a Q&A session where we will answer your questions. Um, and then also that the session will be recorded and it'll be shared on our website in the coming weeks. So you can go back there and review it um, if you want to follow up on what we talked about today. So we have a few panelists today. I'm Mary McLaughlin. I'm a careers consultant here at careers, Queen's Careers Employability and Skills. Um, we also have joining us Jill Warwick from Pinsent Masons. Um, and there's Jill right there for y'all to see. Um, Jill is the HR and Operations Manager for the Belfast Office of International Law Firm, Pinsent Mason. She's been with the firm for 18 years, starting in Lestrange and Brett, who merged with McGregor's in 2009, who then merged with Pinsent Mason's in 2012. Prior to that, she worked for DLA Piper for 10 years in Leeds and Bradford before returning home. Jill enjoys a varied operational and HR generalist role with particular interests in graduate recruitment and development and diversity inclusion. Thank you for joining us, Jill. Thank you. Then we also have joining us today, Laura Hagen from EY. Hi, everyone. Laura is a student recruitment associate at EY Belfast. Laura graduated from University of Ulster Art College in 2014, and she has a background working in events and recruitment before she joined the team at EY in February 2019. So thanks again to you both for joining us today. We appreciate the insight you'll have to offer. So just a quick run through of what the session will look like today. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to cover virtual recruitment, what to expect and how to prepare. So first we'll hear from Jill and she'll go over online interviews with some tips for you. Um, then Laura will share with you about assessment centers. And then I'll come in and give you some tips on where we have resources available to you um, through Queen's Careers Employability and Skills and how we can help you through the process. And then we'll finish off with our Q&A. So I will go ahead and hand it over to Jill to get started with um, acing the virtual interview. Thanks, Jill. Thanks, Mary. Good morning, everyone, and I'm delighted to be with you today. Thank you to the Careers, Employability and Skills team at Queen's for putting on this event and asking Pinsent Masons to be a part of it. As Mary said, I'm the HR and Operations Manager at Pinsent Masons, and I look after graduate recruitment for the Belfast office, um, along with our central early talent and lateral recruitment teams. 
Just a little bit about Pinsent Masons. We're a global commercial law firm with over three and a half thousand people with 25 offices across four continents. We advise on high profile and cutting edge national and international deals and disputes and are continually striving to be at the forefront of innovation in the legal market. Doing business responsibly is also an integral part of our organisation and we're delighted to be recognised as a leading firm in diversity and inclusion. We're a purpose-led business and our purpose is to champion change, promote progress and enable everyone to make business work better for people and we very much live by our values of being approachable, bold and connected. As I said earlier, we are a commercial firm and the five global sectors that we specialise in are technology, science and industry, energy, financial services, infrastructure and real estate. And every year we have around 80 opportunities across our business for trainee solicitors and we recruit on a regular basis throughout the year for lawyers, paralegals and other business support roles, including IT and tech, business development, project managers, facilities, HR, finance, PAs and admin staff. Undoubtedly in the early days of formulating our response as a firm to COVID-19, uh, we viewed it as an event, something that would impact us over a reasonably finite period of time and which we would recover from. Um, we're all adapting to new ways of working now and uh, we have to make our business continue. As an agile business with people used to working in different locations and at home, we were prepared from our practical and technology background to swiftly respond to the lockdown and have the majority of our people working from home. By now, many of us have become accustomed to virtual meetings, family get togethers online, and of course, the usual quizzes. Whilst we would all prefer to hold our interviews and assessment centres face to face, we have been holding interviews remotely for some time for those who can't always visit our office um, or for those who are maybe on placement years abroad. And so we've adapted that further. We have all adapted, as I've said, and this year we've held all our promotion and NQ solicitor interviews remotely via, via MS Teams, and that's all gone really well. We're also having our virtual summer vacation program starting next week, and we've been able to move that to a virtual program so that that still happens for our students. In terms of tips for interviews, um, many of the usual tips for a good interview still apply, um, whether they're face-to-face -face or virtual. And please do remember that those interviewing you want you to have a good interview experience and will try to put you at ease. So in terms of preparation, let the firm or the company that you're attending know of any adjustments that you need in advance to be able to have the interview. Do your research on the firm, that's so important, the role, the culture of the business. Have a look at their website, Google them, follow them on social media. Know your CV and application form well. This will form the basis of many of the questions that you are asked. How do your skills match the job role? Think about that and have some examples. Practice common interview tech questions and technique with family and friends. Many firms are looking for how you can demonstrate the skills that they're looking for, such as teamwork, communication skills, problem solving, organization skills. Try and show your enthusiasm for the role and for the business and why you want the job and that research that you've carried out along the way. Do try and have a question for the interviewer. 
Is there something that hasn't been covered in the interview? What training will you receive? What is the culture of the business like? Can they talk you through a typical day? That sort of thing. And do have confidence in your abilities. You've already gone a really long way to have been shortlisted for that role. Most importantly, be yourself. As I said, every business will be looking for evidence of skills and competencies. And these are some of the competencies that we look for examples of at Pinsent Masons when you're going through our interview and assessment centre process. We're looking for those candidates who are driven, commercially aware, detail conscious, confident, organised, self-directed, intellectually capable and sociable. Looking now at virtual interviews, um, going through this checklist will hopefully give you some confidence and help you get prepared for your virtual interview. Your IT equipment. Those interviewing will be aware that everyone has different IT equipment and Wi-Fi connections. So do use the devices that are most reliable and most comfortable for you. If you do have problems, usually with meetings or calls, it is a good idea to let your interviewers know in advance and see if there's something else that can be done so that they can look at alternatives. Do be aware of your surroundings. Again, interviewers will be aware that not everyone has the luxury of a spare room or a study in their house and there may be siblings who are playing computer games or housemates also using the internet. Plan where you will have the interview and let others in your house know that now is not a good time to reboot the Wi-Fi or interrupt you. Ideally, you'll be in a quiet space where you can shut out distractions and noises and control the lighting. Do think about what can be seen behind you and try to, where possible to have a neutral, tidy environment. The interview should be all about you, so it's very distracting if there's a wardrobe exploding in the background or a pile of dirty clothes there. You also want to avoid looking like you're in a cave, so lighting is important. Adjust your setup if you can so that you face a window or you're exposed to plenty of light and try not to have a window behind you if possible. Depending on the type of role you're going for, I would suggest that you make sure the background is professional and appropriate. So I'd avoid using the tropical beach and space backgrounds that you can get from some of the meeting apps. Do test your equipment ahead of time. You'll feel better prepared and less anxious if you've tested everything beforehand with a friend or family member and had a practice through your interview. Using a headset or earbuds is better from a sound quality point of view for you and for those who are interviewing you. Test everything again just before your interview. Have a backup plan ready. Um, if anything goes wrong on the day, it's good to have something in place. So I would agree with your interviewer in advance that you'll switch to a phone call if necessary, if you have any interruptions. If you are uncomfortable about the technology and or the interview scenario, really the best thing that you can do is practice. And some firms will offer to give you IT support to help you get ready for your interview. Think about the camera position. How many times have you sat in a Zoom meeting or watched the news recently where you're looking up someone's nose? Make sure the camera is positioned at eye level. Um, put your laptop up on books if you need to, adjust your screen, have a holder for your phone or for your tablet and try and look at the camera as much as you can because that's when you're having eye contact with those who are interviewing you, which is very important. In terms of dress code, 
I think it's good to dress appropriately. We have all got used to dressing how we like for working and studying remotely. Um, but do think about who you'll be meeting um, at the interview and dress as you would do if as if you were going into the office. Actually getting dressed appropriately will give you some confidence and help you focus for the role. And I would say do have a drink available as well so that you can have that if you need it. Just before the call then, um, it's a good idea to turn off any apps or programs that might interrupt you, uh, switch off your phone, um, go to your interview location um, and remind everyone in the house that you're just about to start your interview and give yourself 10 minutes to collect yourself and do any last minute preparations. As you normally would, let the interviewer lead. They will um, welcome you introduce anyone else who might be taking part in the interview and what their role will be. And they'll explain the format of the interview and guide everyone through the process. It's important that only one person is speaking at, at a time. So before you start speaking and when you finish, pause in case there's a slight delay to avoid talking over someone else. So the inter interviewer will go on to the next question or they'll call on another panel member uh, when it's ready to continue. Do obviously check that others can hear you at the beginning of the interview and that you've got everything unmuted. And if you can't hear or you need a question repeated, please don't be afraid to say so. Try not to re read from your notes. Um, I know you'll be able to have some notes with you um, in a virtual situation, um, but use these only for prompting. And if you need prompters, it's a good idea to maybe stick some things around your screen or put them in front of you on a wall in front of you so that you can read them and means that you're maintaining eye contact. Body language and emotions are um, even more important virtually. So please be aware of them. Make sure you're sitting up straight. Um, don't let your eyes wander too much. It's good to nod when you're listening to someone to show that you are hearing them and understanding what they're saying. And try and keep the tone conversational and build rapport with interviewers smile and um, be yourself and try and um, think that it's the same as everyone really being in the room. In terms of interruptions, whilst you don't want them, we've all seen them happen. So don't worry if the doorbell rings or the dog barks or children burst into the room. These things happen. Just apologise, uh, recover from it and move on. Interviewers have probably seen and heard most things by now. To summarise, I would say to you, do prepare for your interview and familiarise yourself with the technology. Have a backup plan, <clears throat> excuse me, in case that technology fails. And remember that interviewers really want you to succeed. So be confident and be yourself. These are just some example mock interview questions that we would use for some of our law graduates. So you can see that they're looking to, for you to give examples for different scenarios. I hope that these tips have been helpful to you. We do have some more useful hints and tips on our graduate website, along with our graduate vacancies for trainee solicitors. Um, also on our uh, careers website, uh, we recruit throughout the year for various roles. And so for any solicitor and business um, support roles, they'll be on our careers website. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and sign up for job alerts. Thank you very much for listening. That was great. Thank you so much for that, Jill. Um, lots of good tips there.
So um, thanks. And I'll ask now Laura to come on and she'll share with us about virtual assessment centers. Hi, everybody. Um, thanks for inviting EY to take part um, today. So my name is Laura. I work on the student recruitment team with EY Belfast. And basically, that means that I work very closely every day with students who are considering their next move. And it would be my job to advise them of the opportunities that we would have and to guide them through our selection process and our assessment centers and final interviews. So we only have a short window today. I think I've got about 15 minutes with you. So this is what I would like to cover um, in the next 15 minutes. I'm going to give you a short introduction to EY for those of you who don't know who we are. Um, we'll run through some of the opportunities that we have available to students and what our typical application process looks like and how we've adapted that to go virtual. The strengths that we would look for um, in our assessment centers and how the virtual assessment centers are now ran and how to best prepare for them. So if we just go on to have a quick look at who EY are. So for those of you who don't know who we are, we are um, one of the big four. We are a leading professional services firm, which basically means that we help organizations to make better decisions about finance, business, technology. And you would know our competitors as KPMG, Deloitte and PwC. We have over, and I think that's now to 170,000 people in 150 countries um, all working remotely and we work in four different service lines. So our service lines that we would have in the Belfast office uh, would be transactions um, that would be helping companies to manage their capital, merge with or acquire new companies. That's if a company goes bankrupt, our team within transactions would help them um, deal with that. Assurance is another core service line, so that would be audit. Um, so our team of auditors would work with companies um, to make sure that data and information that they are providing is correct. Tax would be slightly more law driven, so we would get a lot of law grads going into our tax graduate programs. Um, our tax service line would help companies to figure out rules and regulations and find out the best way for that company to react and plan for them. And then our consulting service line is really advisory. So it's helping businesses of all shapes and sizes to solve complex problems, manage their risk um, and improve themselves. So if I go in to the next slide, you can see there where our offices are. They're all sitting pretty empty at the minute, unfortunately, due to COVID. But we have 21 offices across the UK, so we really are at the um, heart of the business community within the country. And some of the clients that we would work with would be global banks, governments, local startups and tech corporations. So just to give you a brief overview of some of the um, opportunities that we would have available for students and in particular um, final year students. So we do recruit from a variety of backgrounds and that is from school leavers right up to graduates. Um, we have a number of entry and experience points available. Um, so we have our EY Business Academy, which is for year 13 students um, in school who are considering maybe starting a business apprenticeship with EY instead of going on to university. Our business apprenticeships are for school leavers. They start with us straight after A-levels and it's a four, four and a half, five year program where they are working, but also studying towards their chartered accountancy qualification. 
Discovery Y, which we have just held virtually for the first time this year, um, is a two and a half day learning experience for students to join us and hear from our service lines, take part in some interactive skills sessions. Um, and we held a virtual quiz with them as well. It's really just to give them a bit of a taster of what it would be like working within a professional organization like UI. Summer internships, they are either four to six weeks paid internship within a service line of your choice. And we hold our summer internships within tax, audit and business risk services. Um, this year we've had to quickly adapt um, due to everything that's going on. So instead of those four to six week paid internships that would be in the office, we've had to adapt and they will be doing a one week virtual um, paid internship um, in August instead. So we also offer 12 months placements for anyone that has a placement year as part of their degree. And our placements are offered at the minute in audit, um, data analytics and um, transactions. Our entry level roles would be um, in our, based on our Belfast Delivery Centre and that would be within data analytics, contract and procurement and project management. And then we have our graduate training programmes. So we would offer these three and a half year graduate training contracts within audit, tax, technology consulting, um, business risk services, risk technology. Um, it, they are three and a half year training program so you would join us straight from graduating um, and you would work with us from day one with um, you know global and local uh, companies and clients uh, but you would also be studying towards your chartered accountancy qualifications so at the end of those three and a half years providing that you do pass all of your exams you would be a fully chartered accountant so just to touch on our application process, and this has stayed pretty much the same since having to, to go virtual. Um, our application process is the same across any of our um, vacancies. So everything's done online. You would um, fill in, sorry, you would select, you would register your interest in the program that you're thinking of applying to. You would then fill in an application form and that's very straightforward. It would just be your address and the school you attended, maybe your degree um, and degree classification, that kind of thing. You would then be prompted to do some online tests and that would include um, some aptitude tests and a numerical test. Um, stage four that you can see there, learning in person would be our typical or assessment centre. We have had to move that virtually so rather than um, attending it in office it's run over Microsoft Teams now and then our final interviews as well which are very similar to the ones that Jill was describing and um, they've all been made virtual um, as of the last few months. So all graduate employers will have some form of online assessment um, for students to complete as part of their application process. So just looking at some of the strengths that we would expect to see from the students that would be attending our assessment centres, whether that's in office or virtual. So at EY, we don't recruit based on grades. We don't look at CVs. We don't ask for cover letters. We don't ask for any specific experience. And um, the reason that we use online tests and um, we do strengths assessment at our assessment centres um, is because we're looking for um, students with a range of diverse strengths. We don't want um, a bunch of students within the same degree cohort and um, with the same degree classification. So we actually recruit from any 
degree discipline and a lot of people are surprised to hear that when they think of EY they think that you need a background in finance and in business and accountancy and it's not like that we have graduates join us on our graduate training programs from law backgrounds and um, science backgrounds environmental health and um, languages so it is a massive range that that our students would come from the strengths that we would look for then, um, and these should be demonstrated throughout um, the, the assessment centre. Um, so strong communicator goes beyond being able to read and write well. It's knowing how to communicate with different audiences. Team player, it's no surprise that a team that works well together delivers great work. So we do look for people who naturally build their own network um, and who, who find common ground um, with those around them. Someone who's adaptable, um, and that's probably quite relevant for now. Um, the business world's constantly changing, which means that we need to have people who can adapt quickly um, and use their creative minds to come up with, um, you know, solutions and um, innovative ideas for um, problems. People who are analytical are often open-minded, hungry for knowledge and will actively learn um, new things, new ways to do things and that's highly valued by EY. Number savvy isn't about being amazing at maths or having your maths A-level and a degree in maths and finance, it really is um, just being able to understand data. We see numbers as a language at EY um, which un when understood offers great value to, to the clients that we work with so people who can understand and interpret numerical information um, are highly sought after um, at EY and in the know again it's just being commercially aware and knowing what's happening in the world around you. So if we go on to our next slide what is an assessment centre? So an assessment centre is a way for employers to assess applicants strengths against the role they've applied for through a series of tasks. All assessment centres will differ um, however they do generically include um, a group exercise, individual exercises, written and numerical. Um, due to COVID-19, we have had to um, really adapt um, to the way that we're working. For EY, it wasn't such a massive thing. Um, a lot of our people would have worked flexibly before um, COVID. Um, I think 84% of our staff work flexibly, and that means that, that we can work from home. And really, the EY wanted to use that to kind of give people a work-life balance um, and it has meant that rather than us maybe working from home a couple of days a week we're having to work from home full-time but we've been able to make that transaction pretty quickly with things that were put in place before. So a virtual assessment centre is no different to the ones that we would have held in office. Obviously there are certain elements that you might be missing out on like the face-to-face -face interaction, getting to see the office environment um, but unfortunately there are just things that, that we can't um, you know work around at the minute until we do get back into the office. I think there are pros and cons um, so a lot of people have said they feel more confident doing a assessment centre at home and um, they sort of see the screen as a barrier and um, it gives them more confidence when they're doing it and the fact that they don't need to travel to attend them. Obviously then the cons we'd be missing out on seeing the office culture and um, networking and there's always that anxiety that your tech um, technology is going to fail you or you might have distractions. 
So going virtual, what we have done then, rather than hold all of our assessment centers in office, we now use Microsoft Teams to connect you to an assessor. So the way that we would do it is we would send you out an information pack prior to the assessment center, and that would have a link that you can use to link up to the student recruitment team. We usually put um, candidates through a numerical reasoning test when they join us, and we also use that main Microsoft Teams link um, to do icebreakers and that kind of thing. You'll then be provided with a Microsoft Teams link that will connect you to your assessor. We use a virtual platform um, as well as this, uh, which you'll also be given access to on the day of your assessment centre, and that would have your schedule on it, your activities and all the materials that you would need. Um, Attending an assessment centre can be overwhelming, it can be daunting, um, and this is no different doing it virtually. Obviously, I've gone through sort of the pros and cons that people have um, you know, given us feedback on, um, but many of the rules that apply to a face-to-face assessment centre will still apply when you're doing that remotely. So always make sure that you come prepared, do your research and do some practice, and to also dress for the occasion. So if I go on to the next one, how to prepare, uh, how to best prepare for a virtual assessment centre. So as I mentioned before, um, most employers will send you information prior to the day. So just make sure that you've read all of those instructions and make sure that you have all of the relevant software downloaded. I know our Microsoft Teams and the virtual platform that we have works best with Chrome. Um, and that's something that we highlight to all of our candidates. Um, you do get a, the occasion where people aren't using the right software and it does affect um, the performance on the day. So definitely make sure that you've read all of that. Do your research on the employer and the role that you've applied for. Um, obviously, you're going to be better prepared knowing a little bit more about the employer and exactly what the role is that you're going to be doing. Brush up on basic math skills and online assessments. So I've put in a, a website there, it's www.jobme.com and I would recommend that to all of our students before doing an assessment centre to, to go online and register with that. Basically you can do um, numerical tests, you can do sort of aptitude tests, but it's really good and it will give you a feel of what you can expect. Brush up on your basic math skills, you will be asked to do numerical assessments and that would be looking at sort of fractions, percentages and graphs, so really GCSE maths. Um, just make sure that you kind of um, refresh your, your memory on that. On the morning of the assessment centre, make sure you have strong Wi-Fi connection in the room that you'll be using and make sure your laptop's on charge, that you have a notepad, pen and paper and a glass of water to hand. Um, let others know that you'll require some privacy so when you're in the house just make sure that your family or whoever you, you live with know that you're carrying out this assessment centre whether that's an hour um, or three hours out of your day that you're going to need just make sure that they know that you'll be doing that and always make sure you log on early um, even five ten minutes early before the assessment centre is due to start and check your camera and mic are working. So some tips for the day, think about your body language. It's very hard for um, your assessor to, to read you. You know, they can't shake your hand, they, they can't say, um, you know, body language. So just think about the way you're holding yourself in your seat. Um, smile and make sure you look like you're actually enjoying yourself. Don't be afraid to speak up if you have any questions or you don't fully understand. Um, 
your instructions. Um, everything's done virtually, so if you're reading something that doesn't make a lot of sense to you or you can't find certain links or attachments, just speak up. Uh, don't panic about interruptions. I know Jill mentioned that, that these are pretty inevitable at the minute. We've had a lot of situations in which maybe someone's Wi-Fi has cut out and they've, they've been offline for a couple of minutes or an assessor themselves, you know, that their children pop up unexpectedly. That's just the norm now and I wouldn't worry about any of that. That's not going to hinder you and it's not going to affect your performance. Um, we also do group activities in our assessment centers and the way that we would run those with EY is you would be split up into Microsoft Teams into different groups um, and your assessors would also have that same Microsoft link and they would run through the instructions with you. Often you do find the group activities are the ones people fear the most because they're going directly up against their competitors and um, so usually you're given a, an idea or a scenario and you have to come up with ideas together to find innovative solutions and um, virtually it could be hard um, to carry out a group activity you don't know when people are going to be speaking you might feel a bit strange about being the first one to 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 start the conversation but just make sure you're contributing and making yourself heard um, don't be afraid to, to to ask other people in the group their ideas or to jump in with you know different um, solutions but be conscious that you're not overbearing and try not to dominate the, the conversation and um, this is your opportunity to sell to sell yourself and think about you how you can apply your strengths to the questions that you're asked so if you are asked questions think about are you a good strong communicator are you analytical are you adaptable and make sure that you're incorporating those into your examples and just to wrap it up then, make sure that you do prepare and um, know what you're going into. Maybe have a look at who your assessors are and link in with them on LinkedIn. Make sure you know what's happening with the business. Um, practice, as I say, use that jobme.com if you want to have a go at the numerical test and some of the aptitude tests and do your research on the role. Don't be afraid to ask questions. This is your opportunity as well at Assessment Centre to figure out if EY are the right company for you as well as we're trying to figure out if you're right for the role. So make sure you do ask questions. Um, that's something that you're missing out on on a face-to-face -face, um, assessment centre that you're not getting to maybe network. So use this opportunity to ask you know, the student recruitment team any questions and also to ask your assessor if you want to know about the rules or, or the teams, anything like that. But I would obviously avoid questions um, maybe on salary or you know, bonuses or, or holidays, that kind of thing. Um, try to relax and enjoy yourself and try to make this as much of a positive experience for yourself. I wouldn't look at it as, um, you know, this isn't fair that we're having to do it virtually. I think this is going to be the norm going forward. Um, so I would just kind of see it that way. Um, and I think, yeah, that's everything. So thanks very much for your time and very open to any questions at the end. Great. Thanks so much, Laura. That was really informative. Um, so now I'll go ahead and share with you um, some of the ways that we can help out at Queen's Careers Employability and Skills to help you prepare for um, interviewing virtually. Um, so as both of our speakers have already mentioned, practicing is really important, especially if you're using software that you're not familiar with. Um, so the first thing that I'll mention is that we do have video interview technology available to you through the My Future platform. I'll be showing you in a further slide where you can access that. So it's best to go in and practice before you have to do it um, for the actual event. So you can go into My Future and make use of that practice online video interviewing. 
You can also make an appointment with a careers consultant for a mock interview to get some practice answering interview questions. And at the moment, we're doing everything virtually. So we'll be able to help you get your in, in practice doing the actual virtual interviewing. Um, we also have our website that has guides for interviews and assessment centers and all other things related to career development. So our website is a really great resource for you as you're preparing for um, interviewing and assessment centers. So this slide here is the page in My Future that you'll see when you log in. Hopefully many of you have used My Future and are familiar with this screen here. I have the link to the website, qub.ac.uk backslash myfuture listed there. You'll log into My Future, and then on the left side where you see the main menu, there's the dropdown that's circled in blue that says Degree Plus Interview Skills. You'll click on that, and then where I have the second circle, you'll see video interviews. You'll click there and it'll open the video interview module. So this would be similar to something that you might see if you're asked to prepare a video interview. This is something that many employers have done prior to COVID-19, but are definitely using now um, as a way to interview uh, candidates. So the video interview will pop up on your screen and it asks you a question and then gives you a short time to prepare your answer. And then it actually video records you answering the question. So the nice part about this is then you can go back and watch it and see how you answer the question. So even if you're not actually um, facing a video interview, this could be a really useful resource just to help you practice for any interview and kind of see how you look when you're answering and um, how you're, we've talked a lot about having eye contact and your mannerisms when you're doing the virtual interview. So this is a good way to see how you're doing that. So definitely take advantage of that resource. Additionally, you can book appointments here through My Future, and I'll share a bit more about that. This is a link to our website, which is qb.ac.uk backslash careers, where you can get more information on the video interview tool in My Future. So if you wanted to read through that before you are going into My Future to use the video tool, or if you have any issues, you can come here and it walks you through all the steps on how to get that set up. And additionally, on our website, again, it's qb.ac.uk backslash careers, um, we have more information on how to book an appointment in my future. So you can book appointments for anything career development related. We are happy to look at CVs. We're happy to talk with you about your job search at the moment. Um, but additionally, and helping you with mock interviews and preparing for virtual interviews and virtual assessment centers. Again, as it's been said, practicing before you go into the real situation is the best way to prepare. So make sure that you, you know, take some time to look through these options. And we have done this many times with students and we're happy to help you think about what might be the best way to answer some of these questions. There could be things that you haven't put on your CV that you um, could really use to help sell your skills that we can help you flesh out and think through. So um, definitely take advantage of the fact that we're here to help you. We're still working online and um, can do some mock interviews or help you with anything else career development related through appointments. And then our website that I've mentioned um, a few times, again, the link's up there, um, qb.ac.uk backslash careers. This is one of the pages of our website. You can see there's lots of resources that are available to you through the website. And I've circled the two that are related to today's topics of face-to-face and online interviews, as well as what to expect in an assessment center. Um, so those are full of practice questions, tips and hints on doing online interviews, how to best answer questions that might be asked in an interview, 
and again, links to additional resources for practicing for assessment centers. So um, when you have some time, get in and look at these. And even if you're not anticipating an interview right away, it's still a good place to come and practice as you're thinking about the recruitment process and looking for jobs. So all of these should be great help to you in this process. So thanks again to everyone for joining in today's session. Um, we're going to go ahead and go to the Q&A portion of the session. So I'm going to ask our two um, panelists, Laura and Jill, if they can hop back on. Thank you both. And then um, I'll go ahead and look here in the chat at some of the questions that have been coming in and get some up for you both answer. Um, so this question is specific to EY and it says, um, is the 12 week paid internship, I'm guessing, um, still available at the moment? Okay, so um, we don't have a 12 week internship. Um, we offer a four or six week summer internship. Um, I'm assuming that's maybe what they're talking about. Um, no, our applications are full. Those um, vacancies are all closed and they have been for, for quite some time. Um, so they were due to start um, at the start of June and we often do two different intakes across the summer, but they are doing that week long now instead of in August, but all the vacancies have been filled. And then if they were looking for the following year, when would be a good time for them to start? So our Vacancies for 2021 should be going live within the next few months. So I would say maybe the start of September, we're aiming to have those on the website and going live. So we'll have those all posted to my future. And that would be for the summer internships for summer 21. Great, thanks. Um, then the next question is um, regarding opportunities for students outside of the business sector. And this student is particularly interested in internship opportunities, um, and they have an engineering background, but I think just generally, um, what opportunities are there for students outside of business to get involved in either internships or full-time positions with your companies upon graduation? graduation? Um, Jill, I'll let you answer first. Yeah, thank you. Um, our internships are specifically um, really for those seeking training contracts, so lawyer positions really. So those who have come through a law group, a law graduate route um, would be, um, we have our summer vacation schemes, which are two or three week programs, um, and they are specifically for law students. In terms of other careers, um, we obviously have a huge amount, as well as lawyers, we have a huge amount of business support staff. Um, and so, uh, jobs come up from time to time on there. We, we recruit on a fairly regular basis and those would actually be on our careers website. So uh, pinsetmations.com slash careers. Um, and if you go on there, you can have a look at any of the vacancies we have and you can sign up for alerts so that um, you can put in the type of thing you're looking for. Um, and then you'll then be notified if anything comes up. Great, thank you. Um, Laura, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, so... Um, our rules wouldn't be specific to any degree discipline. So we do accept applications from, from any students. And as I mentioned before, we do have a massive um, sort of intake from 
uh, sciences, from engineering backgrounds, from law. Uh, we have some medical students as well who have joined us um, for training contracts. So, you know, we wouldn't be specifically asking for, for any degree. Um, the, did you say, Mary, sorry, this student was looking for an internship or? Yes, and they have an engineering background, but um, yep, they're specifically interested in internships. So our internships are offered in um, assurance, which is audit, um, transactions and data analytics. So they would be the three that we would have open at the minute. So it re would really be for the student to go on and do a bit of research and see what they feel you know, they would be most interested in. But in terms of us looking at the degree and um, you know, deciding if, if they'd be best placed within any um, any vacancy, it wouldn't be like that. It would be just that straightforward application process again. Okay, great, thanks. Um, the next question is specifically for um, Jill. Okay. At Mason. This student is a postgraduate student who is pursuing their LLM in criminology and criminal justice. They are from India and have practiced law um, in India, and they are wanting to know if they, they're considering Pinsent Masons and they want to know would they need to sit the IPLS um, as they, they're due to finish their LLM and they've previously practiced law in another country. Okay. Um... That's quite a difficult one. I think um, it, it very much depends, I suppose, on what you've covered in your um, in your degree and in your qualification process. Um, what I would say is that the for Northern Ireland specifically, um, and actually for any of the jurisdictions, the law societies in each of those jurisdictions um, give a list of what's classed really as sort of a qualifying law degree, um, or, or you know what you need um, to enable you to either um, act as a qualified lawyer or to start a training program in that particular jurisdiction. So um, for Northern Ireland specifically, I would suggest going on to the Law Society of Northern Ireland website. Um, and checking that, but certainly if um, <clears throat> if they have got the qualifying background, um, they can then pr progress to the Institute of Professional Legal Studies and then look for a training contract after that. Great, thanks for that. Um, the next question is for both of you. Uh, do Pinsent Masons and EY advertise on Queen's My Future or what other, where else would you suggest apart from your websites and looking for positions? Um, Laura, if you want to go ahead first. Yeah, so all of our vacancies would be put on my future as soon as they're live. Um, so I would say that's probably the best place um, to look for vacancies as well as our own website. Um, we often contact the university as well with our vacancies, so social media. I've seen um, quite a lot our roles have been advertised on that, but my future and our own website would probably be the best ones to double check. And Jill? Um, yes, we would use My Futures. Um, we also put everything on our website as well. So all our rules would go on there that you can sign up for alerts for. Um, and also LinkedIn, um, they would go on there as well. So that's another, another place to look. Great. Um, the next question is about interviewing. And it says, do you have any additional tips to prepare for the second stage interview? Jill, do you have anything to add to what you've already said um, for this one? Um, second stage as in a second interview or an assessment center? 
I think, a second stage um, interview. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I suppose uh, second stage interviews probably um, gets into maybe a, a little bit more detail. Um, so there might be more detailed questions. The first one's a lot about getting to know you. Um, and obviously, you've done really well if you've got down to that second stage. So I think um, certainly be confident and do look a little more into the background of, of the company. Um, make sure you're very aware of what the role is and the skills that you've got. And I think there will be a bit, you know, we would certainly um, go into a bit more detail then in terms of what you've actually covered and, and how that would fit into our business. Great, thanks. And Laura? Um, yes, yeah, so we typically wouldn't do more than one interview. So for the likes of our more traditional graduate training programs and um, you know the training contracts that would just be your assessment center and then you'd be moved on to final interview and um, for some of the sort of more experienced hire roles there may be a second interview but I would probably just um, second what Jill said to make sure you've done your research when you're going in again make sure you have some questions prepared and um, you probably will get that opportunity at the end of the interview and it shows that you're engaged with the role you want to find out a bit more um, and also to know who your interviewer is I think it's really important to check them out on LinkedIn and kind of see a wee bit about their background um, and yeah, just make sure that you've done all the research that you have. And um, as I say, we would only do sort of one interview. Um, so for second stage, I'm guessing just by what Jill is going on, it would probably be a bit more detailed. Um, and probably um, it would maybe be with more senior interviewer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And then just to reiterate, another way is to, to prepare is to set up a mock interview with a careers consultant. And, get that extra time practicing. Um, another question that we've received through is, um, is it appropriate to follow up after an interview? And if I am going to follow up, what should I say in a follow up email? Or um, even is it appropriate to send a card? Um, sorry, Laura, do you want to answer that one first? Um, yeah, so uh, we typically wouldn't see a massive follow up as in cards or anything like that. What we would usually typically do is try and um, you know have a lot of communication with our candidates so let them know what the next steps will be um, I think depending on the service line depending on the partner and the director that's held that interview it really depends whenever we get the feedback that we can go back with the outcomes of the candidates so we try to be realistic and let them know that they may not hear within you know a few days it could be a week certainly I think if you haven't heard within you know maybe about a week a week and a half to maybe drop the person who organized your interview just an email and say you know just checking in to see if there is any outcome but I definitely think especially with the things the way things are at the minute and people you know having different sort of priorities and responsibilities at home they may not get things done as quick so I don't typically think it's necessarily important to send you know a card or to check in within a few days for your feedback or or anything like that but um yeah I think if you know if they've told you you're due to hear within a week and it's been two weeks and you haven't heard anything I would certainly follow up um but I don't think it's necessarily um you know a, a massive thing that you would need to do maybe Jill thinks differently I'm not sure um thanks um yeah I mean obviously we would get back to anybody who has applied to us as well so um you know if you've got as far as the interview stage we would get back to you um I don't think there's a requirement um 
to um to follow up it is nice actually to get something and i know we we do uh, get an occasional email or um interviewers would get that and they would pass that back to to those in the recruitment team so i don't think it does any harm to say um thank you and you know i've gone through the process and i'm still really keen um but it, it's not a requirement great thanks for that um we can get to a couple more questions here as we're getting to our last eight minutes um, the next question is, if a student is interested in either of your companies and perhaps they're interested in a couple of different positions, um, is there an issue if they apply to more than one position? Would it show that they're not sure of what they want to do or how does your company typically um, see that? Um, Jill, I'll let you answer first. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's an issue. Um, for us um we all our applications um you know would uh, would come in online um so i suppose they our, our teams would you know would pick that up but i think um in the current marketplace um if you've got the skills and if you're you know you think you would be keen on either of those roles or whatever they are um and you can you know you can demonstrate that i think i think that's fine great and laura how about you yeah, so we would only accept one application per um, recruitment cycle. So if you were to apply for a graduate training contract within audit, it would mean that that would be the only one that you could apply for. And I think that is because um, we do get a lot of applications in. They are quite competitive um, and they're quite service line specific. So if someone was to apply for audit, but they were also applying for tax and maybe tech consultant to us, it would show that they aren't necessarily sure what direction they want to take that application in and I think it's very important that the candidate knows exactly what they want to be going into because they are committing to a three and a half year training contract and um, so that would be why we would only accept one application now that's not to say that if you did go through an application process with us in an assessment center and final interview if you know you decided actually I don't think audit is where my heart lies I think I really want to go into tax then we would look at that at an ad hoc basis and see about transferring you over um, or you know organizing your final interview with someone from that service line and again if you know you do get to interview stage and maybe the interviewer feels that you would be better in a different service line we can always make that suggestion to you but in terms of actually going onto the website and applying for more than one um, they can say that wouldn't be allowed okay thanks for that um, and then I think we'll do two more questions um, this one is and you've kind of answered it but more specifically are both companies recruiting this summer for graduate positions um, or how has COVID-19 impacted the amount of positions that are available for graduating students to apply to? Um, Laura, do you want to answer this one first? Yeah, so um, COVID hasn't affected the number of offers that we've made. We're very committed to still going ahead with our offers. Uh, we have seen certain things that we've had to amend, like the likes of Discovery Y or Insight program. We had to run it virtually. And as you've heard, our summer internships are all being moved to a week long paid and virtual internships so things like that have been affected but in terms of our intakes nothing like that um has been affected and we don't see that affecting 2021 either and um, we have all of our vacancies filled apart from one graduate training program which we do still have live on our website and it should be live on my future and that would be our graduate training program in our european tax center um, and that is the only uh, vacancy that we still have one or two spaces left for 2020. Great. Um, and Jill, how about from your end? 
Yes, um, our um, rules, um, we have filled for this year and we have um, we have kept our, um, our numbers at the same level for our for our training contracts um, and for our summer vacation schemes, um, you know, which has been great. But we do usually recruit in advance, so so some of those applications took place quite a while ago. So certainly the the training contract and the summer vacation schemes for this year are full. Okay, thank you both. And then we'll just do one last question um, before we close out here. And this is a sort of a general question. It's a good one to end on. Um, but what point of advice would each of you give for us as we are graduating from university at this time um, during COVID-19? Jill, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. It is a difficult time, um, but I would say, you know, there are some rules out there. Um, I would be positive. I would keep um, looking. Um, I would um, even if you don't get the job that you maybe want first time, I would take another role um, to certainly to give you some skills and experience. Um, there may be other things that you can get involved in in terms of volunteering, in terms of charity work or or different things like that that you can do. So I think um, try and think of things that you can do to um, that are good for your CV and that will give you more skills, um, perhaps even future training um, if, if there aren't the rules that you that you um, are looking for at the moment. But I would try and keep positive and keep looking. Great, thanks. Laura? Yeah, I would definitely agree with Jill um, on her points. I think it is a very challenging time for people who are coming out at the minute. Um, but as you've heard from myself and you've heard from Jill, companies are still um, going to be recruiting so whether that's you know you're graduating this year and you're not walking into you know that dream training contract keep looking and, and keep doing your research and, and think start thinking ahead about applying maybe for you know those starting in September 21 um, but definitely to keep positive and not put too much pressure on yourself because it is a pretty strange time for people um, but companies are still you know applying and we will always need um, our graduates to join us so um, to just kind of keep your eyes open, keep your eyes on the job boards and, and the websites and that kind of thing. Great, yeah, and hopefully that makes everyone who's listening feel a little bit more optimistic about um, the current situation. And then just remember that we here at Queen's Careers, Employability and Skills are here to help you through the process. We're still doing everything um, online. So um, any additional questions you have, um, we're here to help through that as well. So I just want to take a minute to thank again both of our panelists for joining us today. That was really great to hear from you both. Lots of good information that I think will be useful for all of the students. And thank you all um, participants for joining in and listening to what we had to say today. Um, I will show you the next slide, which kind of shares our webs or sorry, our email. So if we didn't get a chance to answer your question, there were quite a few that came in that we didn't get to um, with lack of time. You can email our careers at qb.ac.uk to get um, answers to any of your follow-up questions. You have been listening to Find Your Future, a podcast from Careers, Employability and Skills at Queen's University, Belfast. For more career helps and advice, visit go.qb.ac.uk careers.